You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. I'm Dane Lobb. I'm a public safety specialist with PG&E. If you encounter a downed power line, you need to stay away from it. Call 911. Let our first responders come out and handle it. Police and fire will respond as well as PG&E. PG&E will make the scene safe. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast presented by Land Rover. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl. Together we're the Two Robbies and we're going to react from the Barclays Premier League action we've seen over this weekend. Crystal Palace nil, Chelsea three, Robbie Earl. Defending champions, mm. finally looking like defending champions. What stood out in this game for you? What's that, Rob? Was that we'd gone 19 games in the season, and, and so we're at exactly the halfway point. And it looked to me like Chelsea were were kicking uphill against the wind in the first 19 games. Come game 20, they turned around. They were downhill. The wind was with them, and it was returned to the team that dominated sort of English football at the start of the season last year as champions. I thought there was better control of the game, better control of the tempo. I, talk, I talked about the two C's, Costa and Sask, having a major influence on the team. And the environment around the, 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 the squad, around the group of players, looked better, Rob. It looked like some players have been freed up, like they're happy to ex more happy to express themselves. And I know at home, especially some of the Chelsea fans have been giving some of the players stiff, but there looks a new trust and a new kind of feeling around the group that, as well for the second half of the season. It's amazing, isn't it, Rob, and what this um, says about Jose Mourinho. And I think mm. we all appreciate what a great manager and a winning guy he is. But over a period of time, players, particularly of a certain ilk, a talented playmaking type, don't really want to continue playing a pragmatic defensive style. And it's just stunningly obvious to me in these games now, I think it's two wins, two draws without Mourinho, that this group of players, particularly, as you said, likes of Cesc Fabregas, Oscar looks like he's enjoying his football, uh, Pedro, uh, Pedro came on and did a good job, Willian. They just, they're, 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 they're using the ball so differently now, combining more flair, more expansion. It's just stunning. I just, you know, just trying to figure out the real stars. Are you, you know, who's changed the most? Rob, who um, of that game today are the players that really stood out? Well, there's one that stood out, and, and we talked on a radio show about a player I said who's most disappointed me recently, and that was Sas Fabregas. He was nowhere near his games in, in many parts of the first half of the season. After the game, Alan Pardew actually went as far as saying his players couldn't get near him. He was that good. Yeah. Moved the ball in the way he can, shifted around, knitted the team together. When the tempo of the game needed to, to go up, his one and two put, touch passing was excellent. When they needed to just control it and keep possession, he kept he got good angles, he played one and two touch, kept the ball at the back. I, I thought he was outstanding, Rob. I thought mm. he was back to the kind of Seth Fabregas that you need if you're going to be successful and win things. But So for the one individual in, in the turnaround in his form, I would say Seth Fabregas stood out to me. John Obi McAllister was interesting as well. I, I get the sense that he feels... There's a little bit more trust in him by good hitting. You, you always got the sense that, that Jose Mourinho was never sure about Mikel. And again, it's just interesting to see the body language of the guy, how much more confident he was on the ball. He played an important role in the team to give him that, that shield in front of the back four. 
Um, and it just thought it was a huge contrast at a time when I say many of the players were getting sick, but you have to look at the environment that the manager had created. And we don't know what was going on behind closed doors, but there was certainly something that was holding that team back from playing the kind of football that we saw today. Just on uh, on the rest of the season for them, quickly to finish off on mm. them, I just have a, I have a slight concern, Rob, that the league yeah. campaign is so difficult to get involved in the Champions League spaces now that at some point during the season, their motivation, their edge, their desire in some of these league games might just go away. So I, I think yeah. a mid-table or upper mid-table mm. finish is probably more likely for them. What do you think uh, they can achieve for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm with you, Rob. My, my, my kind of concern would be, I think they're somewhere 5 to 10, depending on mm. how important they take it. Champions League is going to be the focus now, getting back in there. My, my, my question to you, Rob, is does, do Chelsea want to finish in a Europa League spot? Would they take mm. European football just to be in it? Or I'm thinking in my head, if I'm the new manager going in at Chelsea, I might not want any European football for that first year. I might want to get things right domestically, get this team back firing, and then look at Champions League football again in, in, in sort of two years' time. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. OK, other game on Sunday. Everton drew at home mm. one with Spurs. Um, yeah. I think it was a fair result. But when you hear the, the mm. manager and some of the Spurs players afterwards, Rob, they thought that they deserved to win. Yeah. They were unlucky not to win. I was... Super impressed with Spurs throughout the game, really, though I thought Everton stepped up a lot more in the second half, and it was more of a game that should be between these two, much more even, and much more of Everton having a go at them and, and vice versa. First half was very passive, very different um, for Everton. What do you think? Do you think the Spurs were that much better and deserve to win? Not that much better, but what it does tell me, Rob, it gave me an insight to what this group believed. They believe they uh... They're a big team now. They believe when they go out and play a team Everton, who I think start the season with similar ambitions, sort of being the, the, the best of the rest, not maybe quite good enough for top four, but certainly that fifth and sixth spot should be there. Well, I think Spurs have now grown above that, and that's why they, they in their own mind, are believing that we should be getting all three points here. It was a ninth draw for, for both teams, uh, the most in the Premier League uh, of any teams, and, and it was kind of a draw neither wanted, but I think in the end it was a fair result, Rob, but I look at the two teams and I see them slightly going in, in separate di- directions. I see a, a Spurs team that's on the edge of, of Champions League sitting fourth in the, in the league. I see Everton at 11th. And I just think Everton have to be careful that in another year or two, they're not waving Spurs goodbye on their eyes and Spurs are going to another level and Everton continue to, to be mid-table because... Everton haven't got the excuses this year, Rob. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a very good football team. It's a decent squad of players. They've got no European football. This is a team that should be sitting, at, at worst, seventh or eighth in the league and clambering onto the top four. To be where they are, I have to say, is, is points dropped in, the, in a lot of those nine drawn games that have cost them dearly. You were surprised when I said once that Spurs are in the title race. You were not having it at all. You were, like, you were like, you were like they're contenders for top Robbie four, yeah. but you couldn't see them in a title race. They've lost two games. They're on a great yeah. run. They're fit yeah. and healthy, young, improving. They've scored as many goals as yeah. Arsenal, conceded Love fewer. It. Why are they not in a title race? You tell me why. Let me tell you why they're not in a title race. They've gone too many, too many games. Nine draws already. Yes, they've only lost two. I think the fixture list as the second half of the season will clog for them. European football is important to Pochettino and Spurs. They'll, they won't take it lightly. They've got cup competitions. Dare I suggest they get a key injury to the Prince. Harry Kane, who was a little bit subdued today, but we know how important he is to them. I just think there's lots of reasons second half of the season why I don't think they can win the title. What I do think is, 
they have got a chance of being in the top three. I still think behind Manchester City and Arsenal, Spurs have a good chance of finishing in third position. But winning the title, Robbie Musto, put that sherry away for another year. No more drinking for you. They are not ready for a title yet. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Listen, they've got uh, Leicester at home next mm. on the next Premier League match day, Wednesday, January 13th. Yeah. It's 3pm Eastern time on Extra Time. Um, Ah, talking about sherry, and you've had too much of it, <laughs> Leicester City, you continue yeah. to think, will finish in the top four. Everybody knows, Robbie Earl, that they've had a great run. It's been fun to watch, but the result, they can't keep up this pace. They can't keep up this Every... standard. They're going to fall out of the top four. You tell me why they're not. Because me and Claudio Ranieri had a sherry cocktail last night. <laughs> they've got 40 points, which is safety, which is what they wanted to start the season. And they're going to relax off a bit get, now. So, so they're there now, but relax not. And the reason why I think that they'll continue to be in top four is the motivation of people like you and all the other people who you're talking about who are saying, well, Leicester will drop now. They've got the 40 points. They'll have to drop. Rob, this is a team over the last 12 months. Look at the calendar year. Look at the form of this team. And there hasn't been a drop-off. They, they, they actually get more motivation from people writing them off than criticising them, telling them they're not good enough. Jamie Vardy was not too long ago getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning and working in a factory. Do you think he thinks hard workers running around for 90 minutes on, on a Premier League football pitch? Let me tell you, there's a big difference between the two and there's lots of players in this football club who are motivated to stay in the top four. And that's the reason I think, listen, it might be fingernails at the end of, of, of the season but I still think no European football for them maybe getting out of the FA Cup wouldn't be the worst thing in the, in the world for Leicester I just think that with um, 18 games to go this team isn't going to fall away as people think well I'll tell you what then right so we're halfway through and for them mm. to stay where they are they're second right now and which is all great yeah. Var, uh, Vardy's got to do the same again so he's going to finish on 30 goals uh, and Mars is going to finish on 26 yeah. goals do you think that's realistic because that's what they need not for them to quite, finish top not, four not quite as many goals they can get goals from elsewhere Vardy I have to say was a yeah. nil-nil with Bournemouth at the weekend a little bit of a worry. Vardy had a great chance six yards out, hit suppose. Mares has a penalty kick, doesn't, doesn't put it away. So they end up drawing when that would have been another two points. But no, Rob, this isn't a team that, that's easily sort of dismissed. This isn't a team that easily stays down. If, if you knock them down, they dust themselves off and they get back up. They've got a great manager. Let's keep this fairy tale alive. This has been a, it's a wonderful season for, for Premier League. It's been a magnificent season for Leicester. On that next match day as well, on the Wednesday, January 13th as mm -hmm. well, we've got Watford versus Manchester City. And we know that City yeah. um, won the game. Sorry, it's Manchester City versus Everton on that Wednesday. And City got a, a late win at Watford. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's varying kind of thoughts on this you, performance you were in this little, game. You were a little bit disappointed, weren't you? You, you were quite critical of yes. City yes. in the manner that they won the game. And I was less. Because, and, and I'll tell you the reason, yeah, but Rob. You're, but you're, I, you're only saying team. that, Rob. You're only saying that because they scored two spectacular goals, which they are yeah, capable yeah. of. And I oh, get that that's part only. of the... the yeah, but, and I get that that's part but of the... Only make, means, but the, but the, but the, um, the, the makeup of the team, the, the, the attitude up to that point was awful. Well, I'm not saying awful. They weren't great, Rob. But you have bad days in the Premier League. To win a title, I think you maybe play well on, on say, 20 to 25 occasions. You have to dig out four or five games. You have to scrap ugly and win ugly for, for two or three games. And you have to have a bit of luck. You know, you, you have to have a bit of luck. And maybe it was a lucky day, but I don't think there's anything lucky about the two finishes. And when you've got no, Yaya Toure, mm. when you've got Sergio Aguero, then... 
if you can hang in there, if you can not, if you can not give too many goals away, you always have a chance. And it's, it's just like saying in, in the old days, well, you know, Manchester United used to rely on Cole and, 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 and York or Sheringham or the likes to score goals. And Arsenal used to rely on Thierry Henry. Well, of course you rely on them because they're great players and the rest of you have to do what you have to do. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think at times we were a bit overcritical of City. Yeah, they didn't play great. Yeah, they were away from home 1-0 at Watford with, with all kinds of challenges. And they've come away with the three points. And, you know, with Manuel Pellegrini, I'm delighted with that result because these other days at Man City do lose and then we're all ready to pile in. The other team in Manchester beat Swansea City 2-1. They play on the Tuesday, January 12th uh, away at St. James's Park against Newcastle United, which is going to be a, a fascinating match-up. Uh, Van Gaal, Are we going to talk the, about Louis Van Gaal well, again? The, the, the Van Gaal time this year. debate goes on and yeah, I, I think, you know, at the moment the, the board of directors has sided with my opinion on this guy, that he should be given more time and that um, what he's done in the past uh, should be you know, given a little bit more faith in what he can do with a young group of players with all the transition with everything else I mean you know tell, tell me what was wrong with that tell me what was wrong with that tell me what was wrong with that I'm just coming I'm coming for the prosecution and I'm talking to the jury and I want to ask it's the tough. jury it's a tough one when they, they've just Louis, won if Louis van Gaal was manager of Arsenal Chelsea or Manchester City playing the way he wants to play A would he win the title and B, would it be the kind of football that those fans would appreciate? I'm thinking they would be absolutely fine with what he would serve up. Massive reason so being. So you think he massive would win the with all those three Yes, squads. why wouldn't he? He's got better players, Robbie Earl. This continues yeah. to go back to, the, to my point with this. He hasn't got a, a Ozil and a Sanchez or a De Bruyne or a, well, a Silva and a Guerra. He hasn't got that in Manchester United. Memphis Depay? He makes Mata defend. One Mata was player of the year at Chelsea. He makes him defend. Mesut Ozil will be sitting in front of the back for one to win tackles. No chance. They control possession. They'd have more penetration. Now, I just this is this is the whole this is the crux of it for me, and, and it's a great mm. way of saying it. My my thing is that he needs better attacking players. He can't rely on and Memphis and Herrera and Ashley Young and and, and 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 Martial that's getting better and better by the week to to deliver Man United mm. performances that we all have, have enjoyed over the times, and we've both played against it. It's going to take time, mm. and I'm, I just hope that he gets more time, and Ed Woodward gets his finger out and gets a few mm-hmm. uh, big star players to come and make this a better attacking lineup. Then we'll get more of a, a true picture. The counter-argument to, to what you say, Robin, yeah. I know you feel he, he deserves more time, and he'll probably get more time, but it's almost a week-to-week situation with Lee Van Gaal. What if, let's just create the scenario that Manchester United go to, to St. James' Park and, and lose. Mm. Let's just say they, they don't get the result. What happens then? Yeah, the pressure absolutely builds. You're right. You're and, absolutely and right. Pre- when does the pressure go away, Rob? When when is the point when we're not talking about his job every time on our radio shows or our podcasts? Well, when he's or in, when, when you know and I know what the most important thing is, and it always has been, and it always will be, is results. And results is what's key. You can talk about style and teams and formations and defensive and attacking. Results are number one. At the moment, they're in fifth spot, um, just three points behind Tottenham Hotspur, uh, very close to the top four. They can get better. I get that. But as long as they're in and around the top four, I don't see a reason. They were fourth last season from seventh the year before with David Moyes in charge. More players have changed. It's very transitional. If United go to St. James and lose, Rob, and they get a draw and a loss and a draw and a loss, and they start 
drifting out away from that area, then I absolutely expect him and probably say, you know what, it's not working. But as long as he's in that top four, I can't mm. say he should be fired. I just can't. I, I just think Manchester United is a unique football club, and I do think mm. results are, are, are number one, but I do think very close following his style, Rob. But listen, we'll see as, as weeks go, not, go, go, go on. Let's move it forward. Another club who... Transition, I think, is, is, is a key word in this one. Liverpool Football Club, we spoke on the radio uh, about them um, last night. I talked to you about, I don't think there's any one unit in, the, in, the, in this, this team that, that Jurgen Klopp's happy with. Talk about the goalkeeper, the back four, the midfield four, or the strikers. If, if, which one of those units would you say needs more attention? Where, where does he first have to go and, and, and start his work? to build this club that's good enough to, to get back into top four and compete? It's a good question. It's a tough question because, you know, you're right. Every area needs improving. But I still think attacking strikers or a wide forward in a 4-3-3, they need somebody with proven quality that you can rely on. You know, Firmino's been in and out. Jordan, Ibe, really. Lalana's not produced enough for them as well. Daniel, um, Daniel Sturridge, of course, is a player that I'm talking about. Somebody as good as that, that kind of level of quality that needs to come into the football Well, that club. costs you, Rob, and, and it might not be yeah. available in the window. So yeah. you, are you thinking we're, we're talking about the summer now? So, so the rest of the season is going to be a bit of a holding pattern for, for Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool? I think so. Klopp's already said that he, it's not his friend, the January transfer window. It's tough, we know that. Teams want a lot of money to release their players mid-season. Um, but, but you've got to believe that, that, that one of the biggest things that he brings to this club is knowledge of the European scouting market and of new players. A brilliant record at Dortmund of bringing star players in and making them better. That's what he needs at Liverpool. And I think the overriding theme of, of Jurgen Klopp is... I tell you what, I love what you bring to this club. I love the energy. I love the connection to the fans. But the squad is not that good. And that's the most important part he's got to address as, as quick as he can. Yeah, I tell you what, I, just adding to that, Rob, as well, before we move on, I just think that he might have one eye on this League Cup, you know. He's a kind of guy that might just go into this football club and concentrate on winning a trophy, you know, as well as Brendan did in, in getting the team to second in, in the yeah. title race. Yeah. Didn't ever land some silverware. A piece of silverware would just buy a bit of belief and buy him a little bit of time, Jurgen Klopp. Big game they've got against Stoke coming up in the League Cup. We'll, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, another uh, massive game and probably the biggest matchup of the next Premier League match day is yeah. Arsenal versus Liverpool on Wednesday, January 13th. Uh, coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Man, uh, Arsenal, 1-0 win over Newcastle United. It looked yeah. lucky to me. I didn't see it closely as watching other games in, in that window. Tell me why Arsenal, this like, is absolutely fine. I don't fine. like that lucky word, Robbie Musto. Okay. Uh, that, it, do you know what? They, they won ugly. They did the thing that people say Arsenal can't do. It, it wasn't a thing of beauty. They weren't in control of the game. Ozil wasn't making the passes. Walcott wasn't flying past players. Giroud wasn't having lots of chances. But they needed Petr to come up with three or four big saves important signing that he was in the, in the summer, the one signing that they made. They had needed to hang in there in a wet and horrible Emirates and they found a way. They, Giroud kept the ball alive. Koscielny gets his toe to the ball. They get 1-0 up and they, they do what's required to get all three points. And, and that's very unarthen like. Now, what we all know is there's going to be days where the football will play and they'll beat teams 2, 3, 4, even 5 when they're on the great days. There are days when 
we we question Arsenal when they have to scrap it out, go away to tough grounds. They're showing they can do that a little bit more. And what they got, I thought, at the weekend was a win, an ugly win, which all title title winners have to have. And um, I quite like that there's another dimension now. There's a bit of more belief, there's a bit of growth around this group that they can get this done. Be interesting against the Liverpool team who... Mm. Generally, like playing against the big boys, usually have a plan of the way they're going to play. You know, wins against Chelsea already with with Jurgen Klopp and Manchester City, so they'll look forward to going to the Emirates. That looks like a really, really big game on Wednesday, uh, as you say on NBC. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go. Given that information and what they've done, I'm going to go for a Liverpool away victory. What's your prediction for that game? Arsenal home win in autumn, <laughs> we trust. Liverpool, I think, are just on the back foot a little bit, Rob, for me. OK, mate, that's great stuff. Great talking to you, as always. That's enough now for me and Robbie Earl on this podcast. Remember, you can get two more of the two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio on Saturdays, 5 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Brit- uh, Barker's Premier League weekends. Uh, next one will be Saturday, January 16th with FA Cup play. But remember, there will be podcasts in between. Until then, it's goodbye for now. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.